Book Riot, a podcast where I interview young readers to get their unique perspective. My name is Sophia, and in today's episode called Violence and Bad Grammar, I will dig deep into the complex issue of why certain books have been banned, recorded live from Cobb County Open Minds headquarters. Please welcome our guest, LK, joining us to shed some light on censorship and why her favorite book, The Giver, has been banned so many times. LK, let's start by defining censorship for our listeners. I'd be happy to. So, censorship is the restriction or prohibition of any parts of books, films, news, etc. that are considered inappropriate, politically unacceptable, or a threat to security. Censorship in schools comes from parents who would not want to approve of the language or ideas that are different from their personal views and values. Okay, but how do parents ban the books? So, the people who try to ban books in schools pressure the educators and sometimes take their cases to court. It is rare today for a book banning case to make it to court, but many challenges to books are still on the common local level. Are the parents always right to ban the books? While their intentions might be good because they want to protect their children by blocking or restricting access to harmful content, challenging books that might broaden the student's understanding of the world can sometimes be a hot-button issue. Therefore, as the media opens our eyes to various ideas, cultures, and values, the books that were banned in the past now find themselves back on the local library shelves. Okay, well, is there a celebration of banned books? Yes, there is. It's called Banned Books Week from September 27th to October 3rd. People celebrate the freedom to read by reading a book that's been banned, encouraging other people to read books, and then going to local libraries and checking out more books. The person who made the celebration is Judith Krug, an activist in the banned books world. Oh, and I've heard there's a list of books that have been banned. What book is at the top right now? At the top of the list right now is The Absolute True Diary of a Part-Time Indian by Sherman Alexie. And another title I have seen on that, get, on that list is The Giver. It was ranked 61st on the banned books list last year. Could you tell me more about The Giver? Sure. Well, guys... Now our guest, LK, will answer some questions on The Giver. So, LK, have you read this book? I have, but it is a novel that appears to be very controversial in American schools. What would you like to know? Well, is it a good book? I enjoyed reading it because I love dystopian worlds. I think it's very powerful because it lets people think for themselves. And that's why perhaps many parents objected to it. Well, what do you mean by that? It was requested for removal in many states and then banned for various reasons. The book was also removed for some school li- from some school libraries. But what were the reasons? Could you be more specific? Let me explain. Parents challenged this book because they thought it was lewd and twisted. Ooh. One parent cited from the book, when a minor character decides that she can no longer endure her life, she has to be released or killed. He did not like the fact that kids in middle school were exposed to violence, suicide, starvation, euthanasia, and infanticide presented in this book. The adults claimed that the novel was unsuited to the age group, which means that it was too dark. Well, can you tell me more? It will be my pleasure. 
The Giver was published in 1993 and it was challenged in 1994 in California. So only one year after being published, it was banned? Why? The parents complained about violent and questionable content. So as a result, the book was banned temporarily. Was it challenged or banned again? Yes, it was challenged again in 1995 in Montana. The school required parental permission before reading it. Do you think it was the same people? No, but the reasons were the same. Some parents complained about the giver again in 1999 in Ohio and Florida. The next time that a parent requested for the book to be removed was in 2001 in Colorado. In Missouri, the parents argued that the giver represented euthanasia as a common practice. A parent in Sydney, New York, did not approve of mind control, selective breeding, and the eradication of the old and young when they are weak, feeble, and of no more use. In Oklahoma, a parent claimed that the author shouldn't have used clairvoyance, transcendent, and guided imagery because these were occult New Age practices that the Bible tells us to avoid. That was some good information, but we will be right back after this commercial break. Are your dog's feet cold? If so, there's a fix for that. We have dog socks. All sizes for all breeds and mixes. Available in major pet stores. Caution, these socks are highly flammable. Are you too scared to put fire in your fireplace? I'm scared that I'll burn the house down. With this invention, you can light it from far away. Really? Yes. I need to go to the store to buy some right now. Caution. Handle with care. You don't want to end up like Tortoroki from I Hear Academia. And we are back with LK to, LK to answer more questions about Lewis Lorry's book, The Giver. So, how did the author react? The author responded by pointing out the danger of taking away an important freedom. I agree with her. I think that everyone should decide for themselves. You seem to have an opinion. I think that the parents who suggested banning The Giver should read it because of the overall idea of what happens to individualism in a world of sameness. Plus, it teaches that you must take the good with the bad because some positive events come with negative ones. Also, the readers acknowledge that children can learn from their elders. Okay, but why should I, or more importantly, the audience, read The Giver? So, the book is about a boy living in a futuristic, dystopian community that has eradicated pain, fear, war, and hatred. Everyone looks and acts the same. The elders decide that Jonas, who is 12 years old, to be the receiver of memory. He meets the giver who passes memories of pain, war, and hunger to Jonas. I see. I think now I might want to read the giver. Who is the author, and did he or she get any awards? Louis Larry, the author, won a Newbery Medal. In her book, she portrayed a world where choice had been taken away. Ironically, the parents who ban books try to do the same in many parts of the United States. That's very sad. This book exposes children to many important social issues. People get to see that everyone being the same is not always positive. People need to be unique and share their individualism. So the positives and negatives work together for the greater good. 
Learning about com conformity will help them learn about governments, personal choice, and relationships. That was a lot of life lessons, and this is great, but we will be right back after this commercial break. Are your ornaments always breaking? Yes, I always get glass everywhere. Well, this is the thing for you, the super duper glue ornament sticker. <laughs> No more glass in your eye. No more glass in my eyes? My tree is perfect. No glass anywhere and no more accidents like last year. Should I be scared? Caution, this product may run out and it may or may not glue your fingers together until the day you die. Have a happy new year. Wait, no, it's not you, New Year's. <laughs> but anyways, have a Merry Christmas, and I hope you're all doing good. Yep. Back to the podcast. And we're back with Sophia. Guess what? I think I've seen a book that you have read on the American Library Associates list of some frequently challenged books from 2000 to 2009. Would you answer some of my questions on the Junie B. Jones series? Sure, what questions do you have? Where was the book banned? The popular series written by Barbara Parks has been banned or censored in numerous libraries and schools since the first one, Junie B. Jones' Stupid Smelly Bus, came out in 2006. Anywhere else? Yes, in Old Westbury, New York. Why was Junie B. Jones banned? It was banned because of Junie's grammatically incorrect speech patterns, misspelling her sass to adults, and use of words like stupid, dumb, and idiot. The lead character, a little girl of first grade age, is often rude, uses poor grammar, and is, is, an ex and is extremely outspoken. Some parents feel she, set, she sets a bad example for young kids, and worry children may imitate the way that Junie B. talks. Those are not good reasons to ban a book series that has no bad things in it. I said it once, I'll say it again. Parents exaggerate. <laughs> Completely agree. When was Junie B. Jones first banned? One of the Junie B. Jones books was banned in 2006 and in 2009 for not representing good grammar. Why should I read the Junie B. Jones series? Because the Junie B. Jones series puts, puts you inside of a mind of a kindergartner to a second grader, and allows you to feel what she is going through. If you just wanted to be a, a, a kindergartner or a first or second grader again, then just read the series. She's also really funny. Could you elaborate? Sure. Basically, the Junie B. Jones books are Junie's diaries, and she is talking, and that's she is at school talking about all the things that happened today or yesterday. But sometimes she just has bad grammar. She crosses things out and even uses the words stupid, dumb, and idiot. But some parents really do not want their kids in elementary reading that. I think just because one person doesn't like it does not mean that you have to remove it from the libraries. Just tell your kids slash kids not to read it. My, if my mom were in this scenario, she would just say, let the kids who can read it, read it. But the kids who can't, don't. But we will be right back after this commercial break. Hey, is your dog always shedding? Yes! 
Say no more. With the Doggo Shaver 2000, your dog won't shed if its life depends on it. It's shaved like crazy. My dog never sheds anymore. Batteries not included. Warning. Your dog may be bald after using this product. Please don't sue. And we are back. Do you have any more that you would like to add? Yes, I do. Sadly, the author died from her long battle of ovarian cancer. She died at the age of 66. That's sad. Luckily, I think the author of The Giver, Louis Lowry, is 83, and she's living the best of her life. Rest in peace, Barbara Parks. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid that's all the time we have for today, but I have one final thought. It's a quote from Louis Lowry. Could I add a little time? Sure, go ahead. The Giver passed along to the boy knowledge, history, memory, memories, color, pain, laughter, love, and truth. Every time you place a book in the hands of a child, you do the same thing. It's very risky, but each time a child opens a book, he pushes open the gate that separates him from elsewhere. It gives him choices. It gives him freedom. Those are magnificent, wonderfully unsafe things. Well said, Lewis Laurie. Thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you for turning this in. This podcast has been brought to you by Cobb County Open Minds. For more information, please go to the Banned and Challenged Books website of the ALA Office for Intellectual Freedom at www.ala.org.